0: Strengthen My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. My name is Nisi, and this is episode 59, Relationship Red Flags. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode. And I'm going to be honest, I really enjoy this new format. I like being able to split the spiritual and self-care section into one portion, and then the question and answer section. Portion into another episode. It really just allows me to make sure that I'm consistent with putting out the episodes. It's a lot of fun because I have a direction and I have something to look forward to. And it seems like you guys are enjoying it as well. I've been getting some feedback from you guys. I also, you know, recently just looked at one of the reviews that's on iTunes. And if you haven't done so already, if you're listening on iTunes, Be sure to rate and leave a comment on this podcast. Let me know how you're enjoying the new format. Let me know if you've heard anything that's really spoken to you. Let me know if this is something that's been enriching to you because it's definitely encouraging to me and it helps me to know that we're going in the right direction. But based off of even some of the feedback that I've gotten via iTunes or the comments that you guys have been making on our Instagram, and again, the Instagram is all one word my strength and my shield. That's the Instagram handle. I'm really liking this format. And so, as you can see from the title of this episode, this topic we're going to be discussing today is going to be relationship red flags. And I posted this question to my Tumblr, uh, to my blog, to really get some questions because if you don't know, I do have a blog, Your Big Sis Nisi, on Tumblr, and I get a lot of questions. And so, what I want to start to do is to, because I know that each week, I will, every other week, I'm going to be doing an episode specifically answering questions. I'm just going to post a different topic and then people can give me their questions. So if you'd like to send me a question that you want to have answered on the podcast, you can send me a direct message on the Instagram. You can send me an email at strengthandshieldpodcast at gmail.com. There are so many ways to get in contact with me so that we can dive right into the meat of things. And so before we get started with anything, as always, I do want to move forward with prayer. Dear Lord... Thank you for the sacred space that you provided for those who are listening to this podcast and for me to engage in a conversation. So many times we have questions as it relates to relationships, and we all know that everyone has opinions and everyone has different experiences, but I hope that with this space I can share just a third-person insight. Sometimes when we're struggling in a relationship or even when we're struggling in life, sometimes having a neutral body, someone who's on the outside looking in. They can provide a different perspective. So, dear Lord, as I give my thoughts and my advice on these situations, whether I'm addressing specifically the people that wrote in or the people who are listening, I pray that there is going to be a nugget of wisdom and that at the end of the day, we know that the ways that we see you on earth is through relationships. We know that God on earth is the love that we share between each other, whether it's between people who are in love, family members, or strangers. We know that you, dear Lord, are the embodiment of love, and to know you is to know love. And we cannot know love without knowing you, because you are the purest and truest form of that love. So, dear Lord, as we move forward in our relationships and in our day-to-day, allow us to seek you and seek your face. Allow us to not be people who get into mess and then seek you afterwards. Allow us to be people that turn to you first. And so even as we're going through these questions and answers, and it is a little bit more lighthearted, and it seems like it's just an opportunity to have a quick kiki and just talk to each other and you know, talk about some of the mess that we can get into when it comes to relationships. I pray that these conversations are fruitful because at the end, we all want to make better choices in our lives, and that includes our relationships. Help us to not be careless with our hearts, dear Lord. Allow us to not be people who make decisions about who we should date based off of superficial things. That at the end of the day, every choice we make, including who we date or who we choose not to date, really does come to getting closer to you. That if we can put our hearts Around you and orient you as the center of our lives, we can make better decisions when it comes to relationships. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, the first thing I want to just start off with is what is a red flag? And the simplest way to define it, you know, I looked it up online, and a red flag is literally just a warning sign, right? So, a red flag is something that should be, you know, has perks your ears up that something might be amiss. This isn't something has gone wrong, should I break up with this person? This is what are those signs that maybe we shouldn't even be together before we get to the disaster? And it's so important to pay attention to red flags because Sometimes when we ignore those things, when we're so wrapped up in being in love and the fantasy of being in love and, and just wanting to be loved and being desperate for affection, we can overlook those red flags. And then we find ourselves in precarious situations, even dangerous situations, and we look back and we're like, man, I shouldn't have been with this person in the first place. And I find when it comes to breakups, and I'm going to speak for myself and the experiences that I've had with you know family and friends who've broken up, Some of the biggest heartache we face is not when the other person has broken our heart, but the way that we break our own hearts. When we look back and we know that we shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with. Um, I am gonna address the questions, but I do just wanna share a little bit of insight, something that happened recently. So this past week, I went to get my nails done for the first time since COVID. And I'm telling you, the last time I got my nails done properly was the wedding back in February. And I did get my nails done in between, but it was not done very well and I took it off like three days later. So this was the first time that I'm like going to get my nails done and I have my nail tech, the woman who did my nails for my bridal shower, and I loved her work. She does not work very quickly, but her work is impeccable. She's very creative and I enjoy getting my nails done. And the reason why she takes a while to do my nails is because we end up being very chatty. And so in this last time I saw her, and I really love the nails, I, I want to preface that like her work is you know, hand painting design. She's truly creative in a way that's very refreshing because she has some things that are completely new. And I felt comfortable going to her because she I was I wasn't going to a salon. It was just like her as my nail tech. Um, but anyway, We're having a... You know, she's catching up on things and because the last time I saw her was the bridal shower. So I was sharing with her the bridal shower and that the wedding happened just before COVID and we're just lightly catching up. And slowly but surely she begins to... Some people would call it oversharing, but I do know that sometimes when you feel something's heavy on your heart and you have a receptive ear, sometimes people just dump and it kind of caught me off guard because she began to talk to me about her relationship. And she began to talk to me about how the fact that she's been in a relationship for 15 years. And in that relationship, um, there's been, you know, he's cheated on her several times. In fact, um, she's had three children by him. And um, while she was pregnant with the last one, he married somebody else for, quote, unquote, green paper, um, green card papers. And they had to live together to make it look legitimate. It's it's nonsense. It's a mess. And I look at this woman. She's beautiful. She's confident. And she actually says that the reason why she's coming aware to it is because she began a master's program. And she wants to be a mental health professional. And while she has personally never sought therapy, going through the process of learning has really opened her eyes to what is and isn't healthy. The hard part in listening to her story is that there's so many disasters, but I'm sure before those disaster moments, the catastrophe, the the betrayal of trust and those frustrations were so many glaring red flags that this person was not right for her. And obviously, you know, you can see God in any situation, and even in a tumultuous relationship, God can keep you and protect you and be an intercessor, that things could be even worse. And yet God still catches you when you're not making the right choices. But it breaks my heart because in my head, all I'm wondering is what was going on with her in the place where she was in her life that caused her to overlook so many glaring red signs of red flags? Why did it take 15 years? And I put that out there as the first, you know, anecdote before we get into these questions, because I want you to take this seriously. We go into relationships and sometimes we jump from person to person or friendship to friendship out of desperation, out of a desire to want to feel loved and appreciated. But if you don't pay attention to the red flags, you can have long-term damage. You can waste time. You can miss out on blessings or opportunities. And someone recently asked me a question on my blog and talked about what's the difference between a red flag and a challenge. And I want to go ahead and read that question cuz that, you know, that's going to be the first thing that kicks us off when we're talking about relationships and we're talking about the difference between struggling in a relationship and truly, you know, you know what do you have to, the difference between when a couple is kind of struggling and they need to work through it versus a glaring red flag that people shouldn't be together. So this was the question. What is the difference between having challenges in a relationship versus hindrances slash just overall things getting difficult to be together? I feel like couples have challenges to overcome, but I heard being with someone is supposed to be easy. So I get confused because, um, between what's a re- reason to break up versus what's just a challenge to overcome. And so I responded to this person, and I'll go a little bit deeper, and I said, I believe that being in the relationship should be easy and life is hard. What I mean is there are certain challenges that people accept as normal when in fact it's truly dysfunctional. Cheating isn't a challenge. Disrespect isn't a challenge. Lying and hiding things isn't a challenge. Those are things that aren't healthy in a relationship at all. Your relationship should be the most consistent thing in your life. The effort should be consistent. The respect and honesty should be consistent. The trust and commitment should be consistent. When you're stressed in life, your relationship should be your peace. It should be your refuge. Life is hard. People lose jobs. People lose loved ones. People struggle with mental health and emotional trauma. And life can sometimes affect the relationship. That's a challenge. Having relationship while grieving, that's a challenge. Losing hope or losing faith, and that impacting how you communicate, that's a challenge. Losing a job and having to struggle in a marriage to keep things together, that is a challenge. The relationship itself shouldn't be the challenge. It should be the consistent source of peace that helps you with your challenges. If your relationship is the most stressful thing in your life or adds more stress in your life, it's not healthy. And I think this is an important way to start off this conversation because it's hard when you're in love and you're trying to figure out, okay, is this a character flaw or is this just a mistake? Is this a lap, a momentary lapse in judgment or is this a sign that this is going to hurt me for the rest of my life if I choose to be with this person? And I don't want you to think that just because I'm answering these questions, it means that I have it all figured out. I have had times when I've been you know, dating someone and I've been accused of cutting things off too quickly that... At the first sign that somebody made a mistake, I was ready to just end it. I've been, you know, told that I had a short attention span when it came to relationships because I'll say before I got married and prior, I've been with my husband, um, dating and married for seven years now. Um, but it'll be seven years in December. But you know, it's I don't want to make it sound like I just have it all figured out because I don't. I've been a person who has jumped around and kind of been in relationships just because I liked people, and then months pass by, weeks pass by, and I'm like, we have nothing in common, or there's nothing pulling us together other than the fact that we're attracted to each other. So I want to caution you, if you're a person trying to figure out dating, that you don't use dating as a way to fill an empty space in your life, that you really date with intention and purpose. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're dating to get married. Because a lot of us have an unhealthy view of what marriage is in the first place. So if you're one of those people that's like, the next person I date is going to be my husband. And you haven't prayed about it, and God didn't tell you that the next person is going to be your husband, you risk opening yourself up out of desperation to find a husband that you're not really paying attention to those red flags. And that's the thing that I want us to keep in mind. Your relationship can damage the rest of your life. Who you choose or choose not to date is so important because it can mess you up. We know too many stories of people that are in abusive relationships, too many stories of people that give up their careers or their education in the name of, I I wanted to move out of state so I could be with my boyfriend or I wanted to make this choice because I wanted to stay with my girlfriend. And then they look back and they have regret and resentment. I believe that until you're married, when it comes to dating, the entire purpose of dating is getting to know each other. It's not to practice being married. It's not to show this person, look how married I can be. Let let me demonstrate to you the kind of wife or husband I should be. God is going to prepare you to be the the man or wife, um, the husband or wife that your partner needs. That's God's job. It's not your job to shape and form a marriage out of a relationship. So it's so important that when you're dating, you really need to date with your eyes wide open. From your first date, especially if you're a woman or especially if you're a person that knows you get emotionally attached, when you're dating from the beginning, you should not say, well, this is the kind of person that I'm looking for. No, you need to have your standards and then get to know this person and see if they fit into your standards. You don't need to say, well, I need a man who's ambitious. You need to say, well, what are your goals in life? And from that answer, you can say, oh, this guy is or is not ambitious. It's a subtle difference, but the thing that I'm trying to say is we need to be more observant. A lot of these red flags are because we have we love with our eyes wide shut, that we ignore things in the name of, but I don't want to lose them, or things feel so good, I don't want to address that problem, or we're afraid of confrontation, so we don't even want to go into certain territory because we're afraid that we'll lose that relationship. And ultimately, if you have a relationship with God, you have to trust that God will always take you to better. So if this relationship didn't work out, don't lose yourself too much. Don't get so stressed out by a bad relationship or relationship ending that you lose all hope and you forget that God has you, okay? God has a plan for you. And you have to understand if this relationship isn't healthy, it can literally block you from other healthy relationships. So while you're trying to salvage a dead relationship, you could be thriving in another place. So you know, hold yourself accountable for the ways that you attach yourself without giving yourself the space to really observe a person and see if they fit into your standard. So when we're talking about the difference between a challenge in a relationship or a sign you need to run away, keep those things in mind. That it's not just um, that you like somebody and this is a reason to stay together. Be careful of, especially if you have unhealthy expectations of what a relationship is. Be careful of attaching yourself to somebody without observing first, is this the kind of person that can persevere? Is there a baseline understanding of mutual respect, mutual effort, and then we build off of that? Or are you constantly trying to beg this person to see your value, begging for attention, begging for communication, begging for some kind of compatibility? Those things should be already there. And I think that Those things should be established even before you say, let's get into an exclusive relationship. If this person shows you that they're not trustworthy before they're even your boyfriend or girlfriend, then why even get into a relationship? Why risk your heart with somebody that has already shown you that they'd be careless with it? So here's another question. When you decide if something is a flaw, something that can be worked on or changed versus a red flag when in a relationship with someone, I feel like we have things to work on And we do stupid things, we say offensive things without realizing, and we make mistakes. But then, are red flags different? I checked out a list of red flags online, and I feel like it might as well be called being human. How do you decide between letting things go because we're all human versus breaking up because of a red flag? And this is what I responded. You need to have standards for what you will and will not put up with in a relationship. A red flag is an indication that one of your standards has been violated or that this person cannot live up to your standard. Something a person needs to work on shouldn't be a violation of your standards. I'm going to say that again. Something a person needs to work on shouldn't be a violation of your standards. For example, if you want a partner who respects you, then being disrespectful isn't a flaw to work on. It is a red flag that this person isn't capable of living up to your standard, okay? And that's really important. I just want to highlight that. Really, when I was talking about a person working on themselves shouldn't, you know, be a violation of your standards, okay? So after that example, a person working on themselves shouldn't require them breaking a standard that you and they have established in a relationship. Another example, when I was dating my husband, he was in school and working jobs part-time. He did not have a lot of money. But that wasn't a requirement when I was dating that my partner have a lot of money. A standard I did have was a partner who was ambitious and working towards financial stability. And I did want a stable partner to marry. So he was working on himself, getting stable, and it didn't violate one of my needs to be in a relationship. It didn't require me compromising who I am or settling for less in order for him to work on him. Him working on him didn't mean I was being hurt. I wasn't a casualty of his growth. To me, that is the difference between something that I have to work on as an individual and this being a sign that we shouldn't be together. If I'm a person that is a habitual cheater, that is not something I should be working through while I'm in a relationship. That is something I should have resolved before getting into a relationship. If I'm working on the fact that I'm a habitual cheater while I'm in a relationship with somebody else, that's not fair and that's wrong. If you're not in a position where you can say, before I cheat, let me end this relationship, you shouldn't be in a relationship. And that's what I want to be abundantly clear. Your partner, if if they're claiming that they have to work on themselves and they have to get their stuff figured out, that doesn't mean that you have to be hurt in the process. Now, to be clear, I've been in relationships, including in my marriage, when I've said things that I wish I could take back. But there should be a base level of respect that you don't go into low blow territory. Okay, there shouldn't be name calling. There shouldn't be put, putting your hands on each other. There shouldn't be storming out and leaving every time you have a disagreement. There are certain levels of respect that you guys should have for each other so that even when things get tense, it never gets to that kind of level. I have you know, somebody I know who's in a very tumultuous relationship, an abusive relationship, and over during this COVID things have gotten heightened and we all know that COVID has been testing people's relationships and in that specific relationship, she was in such a state of distress that she had expressed that she was feeling, feeling suicidal. And we, um, the people that cared about her, called in for a wellness check to make sure that she was okay. And while we were waiting for one of us to be able to go get her, she lives about two hours away from me. So one of us was able to get to her quicker. I stayed with her on the phone for two hours until the other person got there. And she was arguing with her boyfriend and they were saying some of the most foul stuff to each other. I, I it, it hurt my heart to listen. It hurt my heart to listen. They were cursing each other out. You know, she was saying things like, you know, if I die, you're not even going to care. Um, she had had a miscarriage in the relationship. And so he was taunting her about the fact that she can't have kids. Those are things that you should, that's not a flaw to fix. That's not a red flag and then we work through it. These are disrespectful things that nobody should say to somebody else. If you love and respect someone, there's certain things that shouldn't come out of your mouth. So if you have anger issues and you need to work on it, that doesn't mean if you're not able to make sure that your anger issues don't affect the person you're in a relationship with, you shouldn't be in a relationship. I'll give an anecdote about myself. There was a time in my relationship after um, when we were dating and me and my now husband, then boyfriend, were having a um, we were having a rough patch. And there was a, a, a place where we were both disappointed in each other and the way it was getting expressed, I had a lot of anger in me that I didn't even realize. Now, obviously that's something that catches me off guard, right? Like That's not something that I know I have an issue with. I've never been an angry person until I hit that certain wall. And when I realized where that anger was coming from, I went to therapy and I picked up boxing classes. I'm so serious. Like, I was like, I'm very angry right now. I'm going to go to therapy and I need to punch something. And I intentionally did that so that I didn't use my then husband, uh, then boyfriend, now husband as an emotional punching bag. I was willing to do the work on myself so that it didn't negatively or irreparably damage that relationship. This, it, am I making sense? I hope it's, it's sinking in. That, you know, that last thing that I said um, that I really want you to take home when you're listening to this is that your partner, as they're growing, you shouldn't be a casualty. Your spirit shouldn't have to die so that somebody else can grow. You are not a beast of burden. You are not there. I'm speaking specifically to women. You are not there as a tool to help another man grow or another person grow. That is not what you've been put on this earth. You can be a helpmate when you're married and your job is going to be to support and encourage and your your husband's job is to support and encourage. But when you're just dating somebody, you shouldn't be nailing yourself on the cross and becoming a martyr for this relationship just so that this other person can grow. That's not right. Be careful of those situations. Be careful of the ways that, so if we're gonna talk about red flags, a red flag of those situations be when we argue that my partner says some disrespectful stuff and then says, sorry, I didn't mean it, I was angry. Or when they drink, they say things and then they try to take it back. That's not something to work through. That is a red flag that you need to run. There are certain things that my husband has not and would never say to me. And there are certain things that I would never say to him either. And every time that we've had a situation where things have gotten so escalated, we decompress and set, we literally have a conversation about what went wrong in that relationship. And we have written, maybe that's the lawyer in me, we've even written down a contract or a list of things that we will not say to each other. And I know that doesn't sound sexy or romantic, but we have to write it down. In, I could rattle off to you the rules that we have set, the no's and the don't do's and the do's when we're having a disagreement. We've had conversations about how to take space when we're angry. We've had conversations about making sure we don't leave the house when we're angry. We've had conversations about certain words we don't say. There are certain phrases that to other people wouldn't even sound like anything, but to to me would impact me. So I'll give an example. One time we've had a disagreement, and um, you know his interpretation, he did say to me, you know, that I was playing the victim, right? Now, obviously that's not something, that's not the nicest thing to say, but I can understand from his perspective, you know, making it feel like it was just a one-sided thing, when obviously it takes two people to have a disagreement. I had to let him know afterwards, as a person who has dealt with things like sexual assault and stuff like that, you can't say playing victim because it, it hits a nerve with me. He, you know, obviously we everyone has their own different triggers and so that might hit me differently than other people and obviously he you know apologized and he didn't realize why that made it connection and then he hasn't done it again now One could argue that that in and of itself is a red flag that he even said playing victim. But to me, his response and his change in behavior and that years since that incident happened, he hasn't said that again. That to me is an indication that we've worked through it because he heard me and he saw how it impacted me and then we moved forward. Um, that's not the same thing as him calling me a B-I-T-C-H, right? Because that's a line that I'm not going to cross. A man calling me out my name like that, that's not something to work through. That's disrespect. There's a difference between a slip of the word or saying a phrase that's maybe insensitive but hits a nerve, and then we you know, we don't do that. Like for example, he has certain phrases that I've said in conversations, and he's like, look, babe, I know that that's, you know, really don't say that to me because it, it, it hurts me. And you hear that, and if you love someone, you're gonna do everything you can to not hurt them again. So it's just food for thought. I am just a person sharing my experience. You know, I'm a lawyer, I'm not a therapist, I'm certainly not a relationship coach or anything like that. But I just want you to be aware, you know, when it comes to red flags, that it's so much more about being observant and it's so much more about making sure you have your own standards. If you don't have a standard of what you want your relationship to be, if you're not intentional with your dating, if you're not having, like, before you date someone, and again, none of this stuff is sexy, right? This is kind of the stuff that we kind of think of in the aftermath, but this is the stuff we should be thinking about at the beginning. When someone says, I want you to be my girlfriend, let's have a conversation from there about what we want this relationship to be. I've talked about it on this podcast, and if you've been listening since the beginning, you're going to hear it again, when on the day that my now-husband, then-boyfriend, asked me to be his girlfriend, it was Christmas, and he gave me this necklace, beautiful necklace, and he then asked me to be his girlfriend, and then after I said yes, he the next question he asked me was, what do you think about abstaining? We had chosen, um, but when we first met each other, I was in a year of me, and so I wasn't, um, you know, I was choosing to abstain. And so when it was time for us to be in a relationship, literally after he asked me to be his girlfriend and I said, yes, he said, what do you think? And we had this whole conversation and we prayed about it. And then we talked about different things about, you know, how we want this relationship to be. And that's how we started. It wasn't just, I like you, you like me, let's be together. It was a little, and I know I was 23 then I'm, (laughs) I'm pushing, I'm over 30 now. And I look back and I realized we were talking about standards and boundaries, We were talking about what the foundation of this relationship could be, you know, and I know that that was God working through me because I never had that as an example. Nobody told me that that's what it was supposed to be. And maybe it was just my husband speaking from his heart and he was, you know, spiritually led as well to just be like, before we get into this, this thing that we know is special and is important. And we had been, even while we were dating, making jokes about getting married, we were talking about marriage from the third week. (laughs) We were, we were crazy. Um, talk about let's get matching tattoos at the third week. So, when it was time for us to be in a relationship, we prayed about it and we talked about it because we could feel that this was different. We'd had past relationships and both of us had never had serious relationships before and we never were in love before. But when we met each other, we knew it was different. And so, that means that we had to set a different standard. And so, if you're here listening and you're not in a relationship, how exciting would it be or valuable would it be that the person who you choose to be with would take the time to be like, look, let's what what are our standards? What do we want this to be like? You know? One thing you realize when you're dating a relationship is that one person's definition of monogamy might be different than another person's. One person's definition of flirting is different than another person's. You might have met that person on a dating app. Have you guys had a conversation about deleting your profiles after you decide to be together? What is that? What does that look like? You know, there's so many conversations to have that people are afraid to have because you don't want to lose that honeymoon stage. But what I'm saying is the more that me and my husband talk about our standards and expectations, the more the honeymoon stage lasts. Because every time he respects me and every time he respects my boundaries, every time he shows me that he's willing to serve me and love me, it gives me butterflies. It makes me know that I'm loved and I'm cherished and then I can pour my love all over. I can smother him with love because he's smothering me with love. The next question, I've been with my partner for over three years and the spark is really dimming for me. I love him so much, but he doesn't excite me or even put in the effort to do nice things. I feel like he's extremely complacent. I cook for him and clean and he doesn't even seem grateful anymore. He's a lovely guy, but at times he can make some hurtful comments when we argue or whatever. I feel like he's not putting in the effort anymore. Is this something normal I should just accept? And this is what I said. It sounds like you got in the habit of being in a relationship without being intentional about your actions. Why are you cooking and cleaning for him? Is this man not an able-bodied adult man? Is he not capable of doing things for himself? You have taken on the role of caretaker, which means you're not allowing yourself to be taken care of. You're doing too much. You have taken all the fun of dating out of it by turning it into chores and habit. The excitement is gone because you began performing the role of wife and mother and lost sight of the fun of dating. My advice is to stop cooking and cleaning for him. I don't know why you started, but you need to stop. When I was dating, I would cook with my then boyfriend. It would be a fun date night. But me cooking for a man who's not my child or my husband? No, never. It's a dangerous precedent to set. And you should never, ever be okay with being with a man who treats you differently when he's upset. The Bible tells us that out of the heart, the the mouth speaks. If it's not in your heart to say it, it won't come out of your mouth. If it comes out when you're angry, then it's been on your heart and anger has just removed the filter. This guy sounds very unappealing to me and I'm wondering why it's so appealing to you. A man who makes little effort is fine having you behave like his mom and his maid and who disrespects you. I feel like this isn't a question of whether you should accept it or not. It should be a question of why you're even okay being treated this way. Who taught you that this kind of arrangement is okay? And... This question is literally the kinds of questions that I get where people are saying, should I stay or should I go? Should I just accept it or should I move on? And I'm bringing this attention because it pulls me back to the situation I was talking to with my nail tech. What is going on with a person when they've accepted certain kinds of behavior? Like time can just, if you're not moving and being intentional, time can pass and you can look back and say, I've just spent a year of my life with someone that I realized doesn't even respect me. So what is going on where where that gauge that tells you what's healthy and not healthy has been turned off? Because intrinsically, we all desire to be loved and to be seen, right? That we want to be loved and we want to be seen and we want to be valued. So what is going on when you're in a place where you're realizing someone isn't loving you the right way? They're not seeing you the way that you want to be seen and they're not valuing your presence in their life. That is why I'm such a huge proponent of therapy you may have experienced trauma without even realizing that you've experienced trauma. Trauma is just something that happens in your life that changes the course of how you think or how you behave. That can be living through a major disaster. That can be a death in the family. That can be suffering from sexual abuse. That can be anything. Trauma is something that shakes the way your foundation and shifts the way that you see things. So where is it What's going on? What has happened in your life where that innate desire to be loved and seen and valued shifted and you're accepting someone treating you a way that is less than what you require or that you deserve? I'm a big proponent of not playing house. And yes, while I was dating my boyfriend, there were times when I would cook. And like I said, most of the times we were cooking together. And if I was just cooking for him, it was because it's Valentine's Day or something like that. Right. But there wasn't this thing where I was just like cook or, for example, when we were first dating, um, my now husband, then boyfriend, he was working. Um, he was teaching and then he was working as a um, parent. No, he was in school. He was a paraprofessional and he was also working as a security guard. He was exhausted. He was getting so little sleep and he's still dealing with the fact that his sleep was disrupted for so long while he was juggling so many things. And there was, uh, I think one or two times where I showed up at his job and had given him a meal because I knew he wasn't eating. That is different than like having someone that expects you to cook it. I can't imagine walking into my boyfriend's house and he's living in filth, living in squalor. And before I even get a hug and a kiss, I'm cleaning up. What What is, what, what is going on where that's become acceptable? And that's why I say it's so important not to perform the role of wife Because what happens is when you have an unhealthy understanding of what a balanced partnership looks like, you can get into the habit of performing what you think a wife should be instead of what a wife actually is, which is a helpmate, a partner, a support system, right? someone who encourages you. Um, It doesn't require you to take on the role of washing this man's laundry. right? So I, I bring this up because this person is expressing that they have no spark but a lot of the spark is gone because the excitement and the fun of dating has been taken out of it. Dating is supposed to be fun. Getting to know someone, getting to know yourself is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be experiencing new things, going to new things, traveling out. I know it's COVID and it's hard. (laughs) Traveling and and trying new things and going places has been a challenge, but I've seen some creative things going. Let me tell you, when people are in places of struggle, People's creativity really shines. I've seen people doing creative social distance dating. I've seen people going to parks because it's outdoors. I've seen people going to the beach and a secluded place and social distancing just so that they can be near the person that they love. Uh, my my husband's brother is dating someone who he's very much in love with, and they have been social distancing. Um, you know, he's very um, health conscious. And so he's been very strict about certain things. And then also his girlfriend, um, he, she has, uh, siblings that are doctors. And so she's very medically minded and she's like, look, we have to be careful. And they're doing everything they can. And they still make time to see each other. So there's this way that when people really care about someone, they will go above and beyond to show them that. And so the spark is gone because you haven't allowed someone to show you that they care about you. Please be careful playing house and and taking on the role and and all this kind of stuff. Like it's, 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 it's hard. It, it's hard to be in a place where you're um it's hard to be in a place where you want love and you're not getting it and you're holding on to it. And slowly but surely the spark dies out because your desire for love, eventually you're gonna get exhausted. You're gonna get exhausted of wanting someone to see you and treat you a certain way. And the problem is that some of our exhaustion can take 15 years. It can take a person 15 years before they feel exhausted. I'm telling you, if you're listening to this podcast, please. Do not settle, do not ignore your instinct. Do not just disregard that internal mechanism that is telling you that something's off. And if you're in a relationship and you're someone where your friends are constantly telling you, this person isn't good enough for you, you deserve better and things like that. Yes, there are people who are jealous and will say, you know, but nine times out of 10, if you have really good friends, they're gonna want what's best for you. It's like when I got married and my maid of honor, my best friend, her speech, when she was talking about she knows the way, that, the way that he's loving me, the way that I deserve to be loved because of the friendship that we have and that she trusts him to take care of me. When your friends are truly rooting for you, they want the best for you. So if you have people telling you that this person is wrong and you can't see it, that might be an indication to go to therapy because your friends might be seeing something that you can't see. There might be something off about your ability to determine, is this a healthy relationship? If you can't see, and you can't observe and you can't take a step back, it's really important that you seek that third person, that neutral party, that can help you get a little bit more clarity into this situation. And then the last question, um, this is a simple one. They asked how to tell the difference between a red flag and an insecurity? And I responded, a red flag hurts you, and insecurity is a reflection of your own hurt. If this person's behavior triggers your insecurity, Examine if you have a justified reason for not trusting this person, or if regardless of what they do, you would still feel insecure. I wanted to end on this question because, excuse me, um, there are ways that there's red flags of other people and that we can ignore it. And there's ways that we can have a heightened sensitivity to what the other person is doing because maybe we've gone through something and we're projecting that onto the relationship. Let's say we've had past relationships where we've been mistreated, or when they've cheated on us, and we're trying to figure out: is this a personal insecurity, or is this a red flag? Like I said in that answer, the red flag hurts you, and an insecurity is a reflection of your hurt. So, if I had a boyfriend who was constantly commenting on my body and made me feel like my body wasn't good enough, um, you know, I had an experience. I had an ex, and we broke up very soon after he said this. But when we were dating, and I was younger, I was maybe, I think I was like 20, 20 21, before I met my um, now husband. And really, you know, really great guy. He was very much into fitness. He was a military guy, ex-military. And I thought we had this great connection. And one day, he said to me, you know what? You're almost perfect. If we could, we could just work on your stomach, you would literally be perfect. That's what he said to me. Now, me personally... I have my own insecurities about my body, right? And so like any person, everyone has certain problem areas, right? For me, that was a red flag and not just a reflection of my insecurity because what he said was hurtful. It's not that he called me beautiful and I couldn't accept it because I have my own insecurities. This was something that was just like a hurtful thing to say and someone who was just so easy to say and make, and that he would continue to make comments on me and... I think there's a difference because right now with my husband, we go to the gym together. We work out together. We hype each other up. You know, when he's finished working out and he's all sweaty and I'm like, ooh, look at you. And you know what I'm like, we, we hype each other up. And so we're working out together, not because there's a perfect image of what we want the other person to look like. We just want each other to do good and to feel good and to be our best selves, right? You see the difference between in a healthy relationship you're kind of rooting each other on and in an unhealthy relationship that person is kind of picking at you and saying little underhanded comments that don't sit right with you. And if you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself, you can hear what another person says and determine, you know what, that person is right. I do need to get to perfect. I need to work on my stomach. Or you can leave the man and work on your stomach yourself. Amen, cuz you don't need nobody to tell you and to pick at you and to disrespect you like that to get yourself on track. If I want my partner to be better, I'm going to give encouragement and I'm going to love and I'm support a change. I'm not going to pick at that person until they change. I'm not going to say that you would be perfect only if I'm not going to compare you to my exes. I'm not going to, there's little ways that people can, you know, be so mean and underhanded with their comments and it can pick at you. And if you don't have a solid foundation of who you are, you might interpret that as insecurity. So when you're determining whether or not it's you having insecurities and you're projecting it on the situation, sometimes it is important to just take a step back. Did this person really say something hurtful? or am I reading too much into it because of my insecurity? So let's go back to that example when he said I would be perfect if I just worked on my stomach, right? If he had said, babe, let's work out together. My ins- if my insecurities were the problem, I could read a very neutral statement like that and say, oh, he doesn't find me attractive. He wants me to work on my body. But that's not what he said. He didn't say anything that was disrespectful. He just said, let's work out together. Me interpreting an innocuous or a a friendly or a neutral statement, and it hits a nerve with me, that is a sign of my own insecurities. All I can say is, and I am going to wrap up this episode, it's so important for us to trust ourselves and to trust our instincts. And if we've gone through hard times, whether it's a breakup or a betrayal of trust or understanding... Understand that you have to work through it. Dating and dating and dating doesn't solve the problem. Sometimes you need to be still. Sometimes you need to take care of yourself. Sometimes you need to go to therapy or pray about it or journal it. And I'm not saying stay in your heartache, stay in your trauma, because God wants us to deal with these things and move on. Because he's called us to greater. He's called us to abundance. And it's really important that you really focus on those things but it's important that you have an instinct for what you desire and what you deserve. And until you're in a place where you can say no to mistreatment, where you can walk away at the first sign of disrespect, I think that maybe you need to take a break from dating. And it's hard because life can feel so chaotic and sometimes just having someone to say I love you is so warm and it's so comforting. And I know as a person who's in love and who has experienced love, how hard it is to let go of it when you feel like it's just on the tip. If only this person could fix this one area, then everything would be perfect. And I'm here to say that more important than having someone who's perfect is having someone who respects you and who's willing to work through things with you. That's the most important thing. Someone who has a baseline level of effort and love and respect for you. Because if that's not our baseline, then why are we getting into relationships? Is relationships just a thing to do? Is relationship just a checkbox on your checklist? Are you just looking for a partner to just complete what you feel like you're lacking? Or do you truly wanna invest in yourself and your future and your spiritual well-being? A bad relationship can take you away from God. A bad relationship can take you from your purpose that God has for you. A bad relationship can damage you for the rest of your life. And of course, of course, of course, if someone mistreats you, I'm not trying to say that it's your fault. And there are plenty, excuse me, plenty of stories of people that give their whole heart to somebody and they appear to be the right person. And then they find out they have a secret family in the Cayman Islands. (laughs) Okay. I'm not trying to say that, but even in those situations, those people who end up in really terrible breakups where they've been mistreated, they'll turn back and say, I knew that this was going downhill. I have a family member of mine. Um, she's in a. She was married, and they got a divorce within a year, and they had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of challenges. And this was my family member who actually um, was foundational in my own faith because she was the family member that was always in church. She, you know, she was on the praise team and she was doing all of this. And when I talked to her about her marriage and why it dissolved, she said. It all went downhill when we stopped praying together. There are signs that this isn't working. It's very rare that a person is completely blindsided because even a person who claims that they've been blindsided they can recall the times oh this he was hiding his phone from me. Oh, I caught him talking to other people. Oh, you know, we had a joint bank account and he was taking out money. Um, and he would, he would close the bank account when he was mad at me. Or we shared a car together and anytime he got upset, he, he would hide the keys so I couldn't take the car. Be wary of being in such a state of desperation that you ignore what's right in front of you. Have a standard of how you want to be treated in a relationship. Make that standard clear. And you can do it in a loving and non-abrasive way. It can be an open... You don't have to come in with a list of demands. I need a man who could do this, that, and that. No. You can just say, this is what I'm looking for. Do you think you can be that person? I want honesty. I want monogamy. Or Do you think you can do that? No hard feelings if you can't. I just need to know what we're working off of. There is a difference of your approach when you approach a dating situation and you don't come off as desperate. You have friends, you have a social life, you have goals and you have priorities and you don't need this person to make up your iniquities. There are people who either seek out people who are weak or see it as an opportunity to manipulate you intentionally or it just they realize that it's really not that hard to get you to do what they want you to do. Even if they're not sitting down and being like, I'm gonna manipulate her all day long. There are people that will just see that you're weak in that area And take advantage of that. And so I'm encouraging you, if you've listened to this podcast episode, and this is the beginning conversation of red flags, I know a lot of the questions I get asked are about relationships. And a lot of it comes down to, should I leave or should I stay? And I hope that my answer to some of these questions provides you with the foundation so that you can determine for yourself whether or not to stay or to go. Or if you're not in a relationship, making sure that you can fortify for yourself what healthy looks like so that you can make certain choices. The last thing that I will say is there are, um, there's a podcast that I would like you to look into if you are a person who's dating and you want uh, an honest insight into what dating looks like. It's one of my favorite podcasts it's called How Married Are You? Um, And it's by Glenn and his wife, Yvette, and they're married. They have four kids. Um, They're an amazing couple. They have a lovely YouTube channel. You know, gotta love Black Love and Four Chocolate Babies and all that kind of stuff. But they have real honest conversations about working through what it's like to be married. And the reason why it's valuable for you to listen to that podcast, even if you're not married, is you will see how much work it takes to be in a marriage. So be careful attaching yourself to someone who's not willing to do the work when it comes to dating. Because if they can't handle the work, if they're not at a base level of respect and understanding while you're dating, it's not going to miraculously happen when you're married. Okay? So that's my recommendation. This podcast episode has gone longer. This is, I, I split this into the spiritual and self-care and the question and answer so that we can get shorter bites. But honestly... I just felt like we needed to address certain things. I wanted us to start off understanding what a red flag is. And even my little anecdotes that pop in from here and there, I hope that it provides some clarity and some insight, some real world tangible examples of the things that we should be paying attention to. And so even if you haven't gone through those exact situations, I'm hoping that you've gotten a little bit of a nugget of understanding that's going to help you as you're navigating relationships moving forward. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of this episode. I'm looking forward to the next episode that we have. And please, if you haven't done so already, leave a comment on iTunes. Leave a rating. It helps more people to see this podcast. Uh, if you're listening via SoundCloud, you can go ahead and like it and share it also. And please, you know, just engage with me every time. I'm so grateful even when I just get the one comment or or an appreciation when I have my Instagram post. I just love the engagement because these are conversations I'm having with my friends, I'm having with my loved ones, I'm having with my husband. And so hearing that it's touching you guys in that way also, it's really valuable to me. So thank you again. And until the next episode, take care of yourself.